Welcome to Jubilations, a Judaic podcast intended to educate, inspire, and motivate your hungry Jewish mind. Each week, Jubilations dives into the minds of influential Jewish people, speaking powerful words of wisdom. Ted Flom, I would like to welcome you to Jubilations right here in the Backroom Studios. Uh, you found your way, which is not that difficult. Very easy. Yes. You're not that far away, which is even better. Um, you are the Executive Director at Jewish Family Service of St. Paul since February of 2014. That's correct. Uh, you are a family man. You reside in Egan, Minnesota. Uh, you believe, this is a quote I found of yours, if you do the things you have to do when you have to do them, then you get to do the things you want to do when you want to do them. Love that. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I use that as a mantra in raising my two kids. There you go. I want to remember that, even though I'm kind of past that, but maybe I could <laughs> throw it in occasionally. I think it's a really good one. So um, Jewish Family Service just celebrated its 105th annual meeting yes. on June 8th. And um, you had it at Shalom East. Uh, congratulations. Thank I think you. that's pretty awesome, it actually. Is. Years. It's, it's hard to get that. It's hard for these nonprofits to make it that long now. I know we're coming into a time where things are more difficult for them. So it's a, it's a cool thing. Yes. Um, so tell me about your journey in getting to Minnesota, because I know you're not from here. Not from here. <laughs> so I was born in Brooklyn, grew up. Um, in a typical, fairly reformed family. Um, when I was 10, we moved to the San Francisco Bay Area, which I love. My mom still lives in Daly City, which is just south of San Francisco. Went to San Francisco State. Um, thought about becoming a rabbi oh, at one point. Interesting. Um, went to Israel to learn Hebrew and just fell in love with Israel, fell in love with the Jewish people. But I came back realizing I was not suited to be going to the rabbinate. But I really wanted to commit myself to the Jewish people. I um, got a master's in Jewish communal service from Hebrew Union College and a master's in social work um, wow. from USC. Wow. Focused on community organization, planning, and administration. Basically, how do you run Jewish nonprofits? Cool. My first job was in New Orleans with the Jewish Federation there, spent that must, six years. That must be your accent, mixed with the Brooklyn accent. <laughs> That's it. I, I have a accent, a little bit of everything. Um, spent six wonderful years in New Orleans, loved the community, real Southern hospitality. But after six years, it was time to move on, and I ended up in Las Vegas working for the Jewish Federation for about a year. That didn't work out, but stayed in Las Vegas um, I was there for 14 years. Wow. And it was very interesting. I was working for a nonprofit organization, non-Jewish, and I really missed not being in the Jewish community. Interesting. And I remember going to work one day and going, this is a great organization. I was working for Boys Town, Nevada, actually. Oh, interesting. Wow. And I said, <laughs> somehow I have to find a way to get back into Jewish communal work. Three days later... I got a phone call from Eli Scora, who's the executive director of the Jewish Federation in St. Paul. Eli and I used to work together in New Orleans. So he called me and said, wow. how would I love to leave sunny, warm Las Vegas and come to Minnesota? 
Come to the Shiverland. Well, he asked me in the spring. It was very nice <laughs> weather. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, and so we came and we talked, and it was a fairly easy decision. And to get back into Jewish communal work, work again with Eli, and Eli and I had a great relationship in New Orleans, and I was with the Jewish Federation for five years, figured I would just stay with the Jewish Federation until a opportunity arose. Rena Waxman, who had been the executive director of the Jewish Family Service in St. Paul, retired. And I wasn't looking for another job, but the headhunter who was hired to find someone said she would like to meet with me, discuss the opportunity, and said this would be a great experience and great on my resume to have that executive director experience yeah. and still be able to contribute. And, and it's been a great two years, four months, and 25 days. Oh, <laughs> I, we I, know exactly. I, I, I count every day as a cool. blessing. Cool. Yeah. That's really good. Isn't that nice? It is. I love what well, I do. Because you're lucky. I'm you're, very fortunate. You're lucky because not a lot of people are, are happy with what they do. So it's a beautiful thing to hear that because it makes you be a much better boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell people when they say, why, why are you in nonprofit? I say, my days are surrounded by volunteers, yeah. donors who are generous with their time and money, um, great staff who are really committed to making people's lives better. I said, what better, be better job can that be? So It's true. It's true. It's wonderful. Um, tell me a little bit about your family. Um, I have two boys. One is 23, just graduated from Normandale. He'll be going to Metro State in the fall. Excellent. The other one right now is in Israel. He's on a seven-week program with Ramah Israel. He just spent a week in Poland and landed in Israel, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. And haven't heard much from him, but I've been seeing pictures and videos. Good. That's all So he has a great time. Good. Either one of them want to be a rabbi? No. Oh. No. They're both very committed to... Their Judaism have strong Jewish identities. Um, we had a very interesting conversation when I was raising my kids. I said, you can do a whole lot in your life, and I'll forgive you. What I will <laughs> never forgive you for is if you ever turn your back on the Jewish people. Ah. That's why I told them. Do you know what they heard? What? They have to marry someone who's Jewish. Oh, well, that's okay. And I, I said, <laughs> you know, who you marry is up that's to right. you. Who you marry is up to you. I yeah. have no say in that. Yeah. But you just can't turn your back on the people that, you know, you belong to. Yes, exactly. So, and they, they're they both wonderful kids. I'm very proud of them. Good. Um, Good. That's all that matters mm-hmm. is that we're proud of what they do. Yes. Because if they're doing what they want to be doing, they're going to be happy, right? Because That's you right. taught them that. That's right. <laughs> Eventually, they'll be able to be happy if they're not <laughs> in school. It's not really always being very happy. All the background that you've had in in the nonprofit world, how do you feel that that's molded you to be the executive director at Jewish Family Service? I've worked with really great nonprofits, wonderful missions, and overall really good leaders. Um, Garth Winkler at United Way in Las Vegas, Dan Goulet, who uh, followed him, Um, of course, Eli from Jewish Federation, Jane Buxbaum, who preceded him. And I've been very, very fortunate. I've had a couple of bad bosses. Yeah. And I've learned from them. I've learned as much from them about Uh, what not to do as I have from the really good executive directors. Excellent. Excellent. 
Let's talk a lot about what Jewish Family Service does for the community and beyond, probably. So, so give me the lowdown on, I know they have a lot of different areas, so let's start with one and talk about it a little. We, are, we, we have a variety of programs and services. In fact, we, I just met with a funder asking, we seem very eclectic. He said, you, we provide counseling services and employment services and a aging and disability services and financial assistance. And he said, how do all these meld together? What's the underlying? And I explained, they're all human services. Well, Jewish Family Services takes a look at an individual from womb to tomb and help them transition throughout their lives as they meet life's challenges. So for instance, we have employment services and every now and then someone's going to find a that they are out of a job and they need better skills and they're looking for a job and we have employment managers who will help them hone their skills. We have volunteers who will do mock trainings or mock interviews with them um, to really help them with that. We have people who have worked the same job for 20, 25 years. They find themselves unemployed. Oh, oh. Suddenly they've been laid off. Wow. And they haven't done a resume in 20, 25 years. Yeah. And resumes have changed and the styles have changed. They haven't had to go on an interview. Can't write it down on a piece of paper anymore. No, no. <laughs> and so we help them and we have wonderful staff. We've already placed close to 50 people this year in employment, nice. including we had one client, we found him a $100,000 a year job. Wow. So, And that, it's not just specifically for Jewish people. No. In no. fact, m- most of our clients, I would say, well, f- half of our clients probably are not Jewish. Um, and what one of the wonderful things that people don't realize, we actually have a fairly sizable Muslim clientele. In Interesting. Fact, we just um, got 150 new um, elders from Somalia who became our clients. And we just did a training yesterday with a expert in the Smiley culture, because one of the things that we were very committed to is being culturally sensitive. As Jews, we know what the experience has been when we emigrated to the United States or wherever we emigrated, and often not with this kind of cultural sensitivity that we would hope. And so we take that very seriously, that if we're going to work with people from other cultures, we really have to better understand that culture. So I'll give you an example with the Somali. One of the ways that we determine if someone may be suffering from dementia is what we call the clock test. So we ask them to draw a clock. Well, that doesn't necessarily work if you're coming from Somalia where you don't actually oh, use clocks a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, they judge their time basically... By the sun. Well, by the sun, but based on when prayers yeah. are because they pray five times a day because ah, most of them are Muslim. Yeah. So it's learning that sensitivity and being cognizant of that. Interesting. And so the first time when I first came, I went to see one of our clients. I had one of our case managers um, take me. It was a great experience. And here I am, the head of the Jewish Family Service. Our case manager is Catholic, a devout Catholic. And we're in the apartment of a Muslim with the Arab script around and a prayer rug. And we're building bridges between our different faiths, our different cultures. And it's not the goal of Jewish Family Service, but it definitely is a wonderful byproduct of the services that that we're providing in the community. Do you know the history of that? Like how it, I mean, obviously originally it was started because of, I'm assuming, to help Jewish families. Right. So it was, JFS started as a way of helping 
Eastern yeah. European Jews who were fleeing from the Tsar and from pogroms to come and have a successful resettlement here in St. Paul. Um, over the years, we expanded to deal with a whole lot of social issues. We were in the forefront in the early 1920s on child labor law. Um, we had a wonderful executive director years ago, and she was in the forefront of social service movement and child labor and adoptions. And we had Jewish children selling newspapers on the street rather than going to school. Wow. And she was out there saying, no, we have to have um, laws passed and regulations passed to make sure that we had kids back in the schools. Yeah. And she really changed the face of JFS to make it much more broader and working with the broader community as well as the Jewish community. We were instrumental in helping resettle Soviet Jews here when they came in the That's right. 80s and the 90s. Yeah. We were yeah. instrumental, obviously, of helping the Holocaust survivors and those who fled Nazi Germany. So we have a history of resettling people, and now yeah. we're helping resettle non-Jews. Do you think that it got to the point where Jewish Family Service wanted to stay in existence and needed to look further out and out because most of the Jewish people in the community were settled and okay and didn't need assistance? Well, I think, I don't know if it it decided to do it in order to stay in existence. Okay. There are still Jews in need, and we provide great oh, services okay. to Jews I'm sorry. here. That was wrong. So, me probably then, well, there are know. Jews. A lot of our senior service clients are Jews. A lot of our members who go to fi- get financial services oh. are members of the Jewish community. Okay. Okay. And in fact, we've actually tried to focus more services for the Jewish community. So recently, last year, we created the first ever Jewish Community Chaplaincy Program in the Twin Cities. Wow, This nice. was a need that the Minnesota Rabbinical Association identified 15 years ago. They talked about it, they talked about it, they said, we have so many Jews who are not affiliated, they're isolated, they're alone. Who's going to offer them clerical or um, religious spiritual assistance? The congregational rabbis are so busy with their own con- congregations, yeah. they don't have the time to do the, that kind of outreach. And thanks to the Federation, they increased our allocation last year. Oh, nice. And we took some of those funds and we invested it in a community chaplain. And wow. it's been a great program. Rabbi Lynn Liberman is our community chaplain. She came to us originally saying, I'd like to offer two hours a week to, as a volunteer to serve these isolated Jews. And in no time at all, she immediately had 10 clients. There was no way that she could... Wow do all of this in two hours a week. So thanks to the funds from the Federation, we hired her as a part-time chaplain. She's had dozens of clients. She works with the Jews at Shakopee Prison. She works with Jews who are in rehab. She works with elderly Jews who are living in non-Jewish residential facilities. Um, And they have no one, and they feel isolated, and they've felt abandoned by the Jewish community. And we're saying... You're not abandoned. We're here for you. She's put on Passover programs for the Jews who are living in non-Jewish residential facilities. She's done Hanukkah programs, Rosh Hashanah programs. Where, do the, where does she do them? Within the buildings within that the they buildings, are? Within the buildings. Within the buildings. And just that collects, the, you know, looks for the... No, it's obviously all the Jewish and people. And she, well, she works with the social workers that live that work in those buildings. Nice. Asking, do you have Jewish residents? And they say, yes. And... 
well, we'd like to provide some programming for them. Wow. And they, they love it. Very nice. Yes. Um, can you explain one thing I found interesting because I am getting closer to that age is LEAP 55 plus. Yes. Is this a newer program? So we've been working with LEAP for approximately five years. The idea is we have been finding more and more seniors experiencing depression. And many seniors think that depression is just the natural part of aging, and it's not. So what LEAP does is they go and they measure people's depression and sense of depression. And if people are showing signs of depression, then it's a matter of finding a plan and of activities that brings joy to their lives, that we could provide them things that would re-stimulate them, that they could look forward to. So there's this wonderful story of um, an elderly man who lived by himself, and he used to love gardening. But now he's living in a apartment and he's not able to and we helped him create a little tomato garden in on his balcony nice. and introduce that and that brought more joy to him we we've have another client who used to love playing guitar and stopped and we've reintroduced that in his life now he's playing guitar again just small so, simple small, things the little changes for these people that can make such a big difference right and it's amazing it's wonderful and you see this the smiles on their faces and they feel oh this was something from my youth i had forgotten all about wow. my past interest because they they got married they you raised children yeah, they move on and you yeah. the things that you used You're, to get a lot of enjoyment from you forget about. Yes. And if we're able to reintroduce that to people, um, that's wonderful. We just hired a uh, uh, LEAP ed, um, support specialist oh, who's now nice. working with um, elderly clients one-on-one. And the goal is that we're now going to try and find volunteers in the community that we can connect with some of the seniors Cool. And, and really leverage people's their, her time and her expertise so that we can reach more people. Do you seem to always have a large amount of volunteers to pull from, or are you a struggle for volunteers? We're always looking for more for volunteers. And partly we're trying to find more volunteer opportunities. So um, with LEAP, we're looking for volunteers. We do a program which you're familiar with, I'm sure, Biyachad, yes. which is a, basically a volunteer-run program. Yes. Um, one of the things that we want to do with the chaplaincy program, because Rabbi Liberman is so busy, is we want to leverage her time and her expertise and train volunteer parachaplains. Nice. Um, have a half a dozen volunteers who really understand what chaplaincy is all about on, and train on both sides of the river. It's cool. a oh, by, river, <laughs> by river program. Good. And so that one, we can reduce travel time. Um, staff travel time, but also so they are people that they get to know and if we can train them and they can go visit people, and usually it's not the hospital, they're visiting people, as I said, in their nursing homes or their own apartments um, where they are isolated and build that relationship. And and part of it is loneliness. Loneliness is such a huge issue and and they don't think of it as a health issue, but it is a health issue. Being lonely, well, if you're lonely, you get depressed, you, you... you don't take care of yourself. You don't take as care well. of yes, yourself. You're right. You're right. And it just, you know, spirals into a, a very unhappy end of life stage. And it doesn't yeah. have to be. 
And so what Jewish Family Service looks at is how can we improve people's lives? Um, we take care of their basic needs and we're the community safety net in many ways. But we also have to worry about their emotional needs and their spiritual needs and make them feel they are part of our community. Wow. And so we're moving ahead with that. You had mentioned biachad bins. And yes. And I might know about them, but other people do not know about them. So I think it's a good project to kind of explain a little bit about so, of one of many projects that Jewish Family Service has. One of many, but this is one of these wonderful feel-good community-building projects that reaches out to people who appreciate being thought of during the holidays. So near the fall of the year, we will have 150 to 200 people who are in need of items during the holidays. And so what we do is we gather their names and we actually find out what specific things they could use for the holidays to improve their lives. It may be pots and pans, it might be linens, it could be towels, it could be dishes. And we get the community together, we go to the various synagogues and agencies and we talk to their boards and we basically ask individuals to adopt an individual during the holidays and give them a shopping wish list. And we have the volunteers buy these items, we collect them, we put them in bags where they are beautifully decorated. We have a wonderful volunteer, Elaine Alper, who just does a great, beautiful job and takes care, making sure each one is presentable. And then we have volunteers go out in the community and deliver them right before the holidays. And it's just the feedback we've gotten has been tremendous, both from the recipients, but also from the volunteers who deliver them. And what I do love about that project is some, some there's many groups that do things very similar to that, but some of them do it in such a mass capacity that they're not as, as like you said, how Elaine decorates each one. So, you know, cause we, you don't have thousands to do. Thank no. goodness. And you get to just do these small amounts that um, can be very, um, all can be specific for each individual, the, the, which is really nice. I love they're that. They're all they're all individualized. We, we may be challenged this year because, as I said, we just got 150 Somali elders. Many of them may need items yeah. during the holiday season, but those are good challenges to have. That's true. Ted, tell me a little bit about the GLADS program. So GLADS is a program where we work with seniors or anyone actually who's facing medical issues and they really need an advocate for them. And I'll give you an example, um, a personal example. My mom is here visiting from San Francisco and she got ill and she ended up in a hospital. And I didn't think it would be a big deal. And I figured it, you know, I'm intelligent. I'm running an agency. I should be able to deal with some hospital situations. I can't tell you the nightmare and all the hoops I had to go through and I wish I would have had an advocate um, on my side in dealing with some of the hospital administration. And so one of the things that we offer at JFS is an advocate. It's a fee-for-service program, but it's someone who understands the medical system. She's a registered nurse. Her name is Bonnie Jaffe, and oh. she is wonderful 
she is. I she, actually know her. She's oh, you know a great Bonnie. woman. Yeah, yes, she's yes. Good, really good at what no, she, she does. She's so. like four foot ten, I yeah. think. And <laughs> yeah. you would think, oh, she's so sweet. And she is. She's lovely. She is, but, but boy. A powerhouse. She's a powerhouse. Yeah, That's it. She is. She, and she won't let an issue go. And if you're not being treated right, she's going to go fight fix for it. it. She oh, will fight for you. Excellent. And she is out there. And all of her clients, every single one of them, has, has come back and said, well, great job. And how fortunate, how blessed that they have her on her side and to manage family issues and family consultations on difficult issues um, and helping them families move through various issues of health and medical um, crises that they have. Um, and she's worked with people who are at Shalom. She's worked with people who are in a, the hospital. Um, she's really good at helping people before they have surgeries prepare for how their discharge plan, making sure all of that's in place. Wow, nice. And it's, her role is really, really important. That's great. GLAD program, what does that stand for? It's the Graceful Living Assistance for Adults with Disabilities and Seniors. I love that. That's awesome. I believe you have a program for that you do over Passover time. Tell us a yep. little bit about that. So this is a joint program with the Jewish Community Center. Once again, bring baskets to people who may not be able to celebrate ah, Passover. Nice. And they may not be able to have a Seder. And you know Passover food is very expensive anyway. So we make sure that every person who wants to be able to celebrate and, and enjoy Passover is able to do it. So we bring them a box of matzah, some filter fish, matzah ball soup mix. Yum. Um, <laughs> and again, just... I don't it's know great. who gets more joy, the people who receive it or the people yeah. who deliver it. Right. And it's a wonderful joint program that we're doing with the JCC. Uh, How long have you done this with, with them? I mean, did you do this prior or has it always just been a joint project that you put it, together? It, it's been a joint project for many, many years. JFS has taken more of a role in it oh, this year and we nice. look forward to taking more of a role in the future. Um, there's a lot of collaboration. Jewish Family Service is very committed in collaborating with all the Jewish agencies, all the synagogues, and non-Jewish organizations. We all do better when we work better together. Yeah, so. and do you have? does that work pretty well? Do people, everybody seems to be on board to do all that every time? I mean, do you ever have a run into a situation where they don't want to deal with just never, another agency? Never. never. Oh, that's so no. nice. That's I've been a good very thing. fortunate. Overall, they've been... The response has been very, very good. Great. I'll give you another example is our Kosher Meals on Wheels program. We Yeah. Del- we, this, last year, we took over the administration of that program. We've been nice. doing the program for many, many years, but the JCC has been administering it. We thought it would be more appropriate for JFS. The J- Jewish Community Center was very understanding. So we, we wanted to build on everyone's strengths. So the relationship, the program is um, put on by Shalom, by the JCC, through the Federation, and by JFS. Nice. And so JFS administers the the program. The Shalom provide the, makes all the meals. Yeah. The JCC delivers the meals. And the Federation acts as a fiduciary in helping us raise some money for the program. And cool. the Bremer Foundation has been a tremendous supporter. That's for nice. This. I so mean, that you have so many, everybody's got their jobs. We all have our jobs. We all know that we all work better. And the program is stronger today than it ever has been nice. as far as making sure people are getting the meals. And we always keep a few meals in our freezer in case someone 
didn't get their mail or yeah. if someone walks on the street and says, you know, I um, I, need I, I need something. And so we always have some food nice. as well. So That's fabulous. Yeah. So if somebody wants to volunteer yes. or if somebody wants to work with you or work for Jewish Family Service, or if somebody needs Jewish Family Service that's listening, how can they contact you? Well, the best way to contact us is call us at 651-698-0767. And as far as volunteers, we just hired a volunteer engagement specialist, Margie Solomon, who is fabulous. Great. She's so great. That's perfect. Yes. And and so she's out there recruiting volunteers, finding volunteer opportunities. We're growing as an agency. When I came on board, we had around 30 staff. We are going to hit 40 staff probably by the end of this month. That's awesome. So, and a lot of new programs. because you're such a good boss. I don't know. People I, want to work for you. <laughs> Thank you. No, I have the great, greatest staff. They, nice. they are all so committed. And, nice. and I will tell you, they are working harder than they've ever worked before. But, Excellent. But they're wonderful. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you online, what is the website? It's www.jfssp, Jewish Family Service St. Paul.org. Nice. Ted, thank you for joining me on Jubilations today. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to Jubilations. May you go from strength to strength.